You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum for the next edition of the Giants Preview Series, where we will preview the Giants' upcoming matchup. This week, the Giants face their first NFC East foe, that being one of their biggest rivals, the Dallas Cowboys 425 on Sunday is when this game is expected to kick off. Another 4 o'clock game. This is a game that has a lot of implications for both teams. The Giants, as we spoke about in our roundtable, need to see something from Daniel Jones and the offense to get themselves back on their feet. And the Dallas Cowboys need this victory to put themselves in a firmer position to lead the NFC East after their defense has tremendously dug some huge holes for them. Chris, I, I jokingly said to you before the show, and I think this is a really good point, it seems like as soon as they hired Mike McCarthy, this team turned into exactly what Mike McCarthy loves. They'll throw the hell out of the football. They'll throw for 500 yards a game if they can. But conversely, they don't play a single ounce of defense. And it seems like McCarthy doesn't really care what happens on the defensive side of the ball. So they're playing from behind a lot. Yeah, they really are. Fortunately for them, and the reason why they've kind of been in a lot of these real high-scoring games and been able to claw their way back is they do have a very potent offense and a very dangerous passing attack. In fact, a passing attack that's threatening to have historic production this year. Yeah, speaking of that historic production, Dak Prescott right now is on pace for 6,760 passing yards. That number is 100% accurate. He is on that type of pace because of the amount of yards that he is throwing for. And Chris, you brought up the good point here that they're playing from behind a lot, meaning they are continuously throwing the ball more and more in late game situations. So Dak Prescott is getting over that 400 yard mark pretty easily in a lot of these first four games. He's probably not going to throw for 6,000 yards but he's still going to be one of the leaders in passing yardage by the end of the season because of circumstantially what they've dealt with and what they're probably going to deal with for the remainder of the year. Dak Prescott, though, has to be the first guy that we bring up. He's working very well in this offensive scheme, not to start out games, but when they need the Cowboys to come back and fight back into games, he has been resilient, he has stepped up, he has been consistent, and he has helped them put out this this huge offensive production alongside the weapons that he has with him. Yeah, Dak Prescott has really developed since being a fourth-round pick a few years ago. Now, I was a fan of his coming out of college. One of the things I noted when I was watching his college tape at Mississippi State was how he got better each and every year. 
And that really has continued since he's gotten into the NFL. And now he is just an absolutely prolific passer. He is generally accurate. He can get the ball to his receivers at pretty much every level of the field. He can deliver the ball with good timing, good precision in the short and intermediate area of the field. And the Cowboys passing attack right now is really built to take advantage of that. And right now that production, part of it does come from what they've what they've had to endure being behind in these games. And a big reason why you could point out for their struggles offensively is a lack of ability to run the football. Ezekiel Elliott is not putting up the same numbers that we're used to him seeing. He has not eclipsed 300 yards rushing despite playing in four games this year. And the most odd statistical number to see is that he's only getting around 17.5 carries per game. He's not getting that same high volume of touches we were used to when Jason Garrett was the head coach. It was a lot of 25 to 30 touch games and rushing attempt games, and he would rush for 100 to 150 yards. It is completely different. It is the polar opposite. It's almost like that they'll use Zeke just as a supplement so that they're not throwing the ball on every single play. It'll be a simple handoff up the middle, nothing too creative, a very vanilla running game, and he'll pick up a couple yards here and there. There's not a lot of chunk games coming from Elliott right now. No, that's because really their passing attack is their offense. They are running the ball, but like you said, not very much and not as well as we are used to seeing from them. But pretty much everybody is involved in their passing attack. They have three really good receivers, any of whom could be a number one receiver on most offenses. You know, Amari Cooper is one of the best route runners in the NFL. He's got good athleticism. He can be used anywhere in their offense, and he can threaten a defense at any level. You know, short, intermediate, deep passes, he can do it all. Then they've got Michael Gallup, who he can stretch the field get behind the defense, stretch, stress them vertically, and really help to open up the underneath passes. And now rookie CeeDee Lamb is, he's kind of their possession receiver right now, but he is also pretty similar to Amari Cooper. Yeah, maybe doesn't have the same level of athleticism, but he's already a good route runner. Yeah, I've noticed him doing a lot to really play with the tempo of his routes to create separation. He's got reliable hands. And you know, the combination is difficult for defenses to deal with. And then you know, Dalton Schultz, tight end, is taking a step forward you know, after an injury knocked out Dallas's starting tight end. And even Ezekiel Elliott, who is not known as a receiving back, is taking a step forward as a receiving back. You know, he's already got about half the production he had last year as a receiver and He has almost as much production as in his first two years, and this is just out of four games. So if the Giants want to slow the Cowboys down, they're going to have to do it through the air. And all of those weapons and also the the shift in identity is the big reason why their highly pass-oriented offense is their most obvious strength coming into this game. You've pointed out from our, our game study, they, they love to use a lot of bunch sets. They love to use a lot of vertical concepts. It, it seems like, n- not actually, but every other play feels like they're running 
for verticals and stretching the field with vertical routes. Their, their intention is to use Dak's arm strength and their receiving talent to get somebody open and assume somebody is going to be open in space to be able to make a catch and run down the field. I, I, the big play that stood out the most to me was against the Browns when C.D. Lamb came across the middle of the field, caught a ball for a touchdown when they were in Cleveland Browns territory. That is the type of play that they're going to use when they're around scoring situations to stretch the field, get those open receivers, and make big splash plays because they're very aggressive offensively. Yeah, they're, a lot of their offensive philosophy is basically that our third receiver is better than your third cornerback or your third coverage player. So we will find that matchup and we will exploit it. And Kellen Moore is very good at getting receivers off the line of scrimmage without letting defenders touch them. Now, that's the idea behind the bunch sets. They use a lot of, uh, in addition to those deep routes, they also use a lot of crossing routes, mesh concepts underneath, which make it very difficult for defenses to stay with these really good receivers in uh, in tight coverage. So they're, they not only have receivers who can work themselves open, but they're working to scheme them open as well. So that creates a lot of really easy throws for, Pre- for Dak Prescott, which goes a long way towards helping them claw back into these games and put up just gobs of yardage. And the thing that you pointed out, how they're trying to create mismatches, not with your number one and number two receivers and corners, but rather with your third corner and down your depth chart. That is something that the Giants have struggled with, not having good depth. And this is something that we could see be exploited in this game. Maybe James Bradbury can keep Amari Cooper in relative check, but if some of the other guys down the list of Giants corners, whoever's rotating in because it's such a long list now, Isaac Yadam, Ryan Lewis, if, if those guys can't keep up with Michael Gallup or C.D. Lamb, they could still have some good production. The idea is to stretch the field and create as many open opportunities as possible. If certain attention is drawn to one side of the field, somebody is going to get open with similar route concepts on any part of the field. And the one thing that goes with their pass-oriented offense that we've seen through these four games is that at any point, if they're down by a ton of points, they can still find their way to get back into these games. They have come close to making comebacks, and they made an impossible comeback against the Atlanta Falcons because they have an explosive offense, because they're not afraid to throw deep on every single play. They'll do it until it works, and they can score 20 points in a quarter if they need to to get themselves back in in competition to win a game. Yeah, yeah. I kind of made this comparison, and Giants fans might not like this comparison, but in a lot of ways right now, the Cowboys' offense reminds me of the Giants' offense from 2011 with three good receivers, a quarterback who is playing with a ton of confidence, who isn't afraid to attack downfield, and really a running game that is more or less an appendix to the rest of the offense. And an offensive line, which is good enough at pass protection and you know maybe might not be blowing holes open in the run game. So at least from that perspective, Giants fans should at least recognize the general shape of this offense, if not the the details. 
The weaknesses are also very glaring for this Dallas Cowboys team. We, we've already talked about how they just don't run the ball well, and I think what attributes to that is that there's no chunk plays that are picked up. There's no attention to detail put into scheming the running game, and once it doesn't work, they completely abandon it. It's almost like last year, Chris, when we were watching the Giants start to try and run the ball and run the ball in the same situations every single time, it not work in the first quarter and a half, and then completely abandoning it, leading to Daniel Jones throwing the ball 40 times by the end of the game. It has that same style of approach. It's trying to just get simple inside runs, pick up a couple yards. If it doesn't work, they will completely abandon it, and Dak Prescott will throw for 50 passing attempts if he has to to keep their offense moving. It's not a very healthy approach. It has worked to seriously high numbers, but you could argue that because they can't run the ball well and there's not enough parity and balance in their play calling, that's what's really slowing them down. Yeah, now we haven't seen what their offense looks like when they are playing with a lead yet. You know, we have seen them in, you know, kind of, we'll say normal downs and distances, you know, early in the game before they, the team falls behind. You know, they do still want to throw. They aren't really interested in running the ball. And to me, it seems like their run game is basically a matter of the box count, whether or not they're the numbers in the tackle box favor them kind of determines whether or not they will run the ball. One thing you two can also point out that is holding them back offensively is being a bit overly aggressive. Dak Prescott, three interceptions. That number is not that bad, but there are some situations where you don't really want to be throwing the ball deep and attacking downfield that they they seem to, to rely on. That's part of the reason why they end up punting or Dak Prescott ends up sitting in the pocket too long and getting hit and sacked despite their offensive line still being one of the better offensive lines in the league. The big thing for me, though, Chris, is that Zeke has three fumbles on the year and their overall turnover ratio is minus seven. That doesn't surprise me that they only have one win this year. You don't win football games if you turn the ball over. That is what any coach at any level will say to you. You can't win games if you're turning the ball over and giving it to the other team more than the other team is doing for you. Yeah, and that could also play a factor in why they're not running the ball. They, Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, they might not trust Ezekiel Elliott right now. Last year, he had three fumbles the whole year. Uh, the year before that, he had six. The year before that, he only played 10 games, but he only had one fumble. You know, he has never really been a running back with fumbleitis, a guy who you worry about putting the ball on the ground. You know, for him to be a quarter of the way through the season and have as many fumbles as he had in the entire year last year, that has to be a concern for them. And you could argue that why he is fumbling so much right now, he feels forced to do too much and try to do too much to pick up yardage. The fumble that he had against the Cleveland Browns was nothing too glaring, but it just seemed like he picked up a, a big chunk of yardage, which, does, which doesn't happen a lot, and he got a little bit too excited, so he was running a little bit loosely with the football. He was trying to pick up even more yardage that really wasn't there. So that's part of the reason possibly why Zeke is, is having these turnover issues. We're going to switch to talking about the defense. Before we do so, though, folks, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... 
that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Chris, this defense has been terrible. It has been one of the worst defenses in the NFL so far this season. A big reason why they're constantly playing from behind and forced to throw the ball 40 to 50 times a game to fight their way back in it. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have defensive talent. Jalen Smith is very, very talented and one of the best explosive athletic linebackers in the NFL. Demarcus Lawrence is still a very good pass rusher, and they also added Alden Smith, who's playing very good despite being out of the league for a few years. Yeah, they're, those guys really do form the core of their defense. They also have you know, Don Terry Poe, Everson Griffin. You know, they've got some guys, but you know, as a whole, their defense just has not played well. Despite them having those talented players at those position, positions with Lawrence and both of the Smiths, their issues at the remaining spots on their defense is what is really killing them. Their secondary is not strong at all, and there are a number of young players that are thrusted into starting positions. The fact that they don't have Leighton Vander Esch and instead are starting Joe Thomas as their second inside linebacker has been a big contributor to why they are not doing a good job of stopping the run. That, though, Chris, has to be the, the biggest issue, is their inability to stop the run. And it's something that we've talked about with the Giants' defense, is that Blake Martinez is a very good linebacker, similar with Jalen Smith. But when you don't have a second guy to help him out when he gets knocked off his track or if he gets picked up on a block, even if he is in the perfect position, there can still be a big gain picked up. So because Jalen Smith seems like he's doing everything, he's not getting a lot of help from the guys around him, not to mention the fact that the defensive line gets consistently pushed off the ball, allowing for teams to run the ball very well. The Cowboys defense really does miss Vander Esch. Yeah, he is obviously a tremendous athlete, but he is also a really big linebacker, and he is a violent linebacker. Yeah, he When he comes downhill, he triggers very quickly. He's basically playing at 100 miles an hour the whole time. He never really slows down as he runs through offensive players. So it, at least for that perspective, it it's not really a surprise that he gets hurt as much as he does. But he's a difference maker when he's on the field and honestly kind of a difference maker when he's off the field. And you know, Jalen Smith is one of my favorite linebacking prospects to in a long time. I loved watching him play at Notre Dame and it broke my heart when he got hurt in that bowl game. But he is just a different kind of linebacker from Van Der Esch. You know, he's very athletic, fantastic instincts. Yeah, he it, but he's really much more of a space off-ball linebacker and he pairs so well with 
having that bigger downhill physical presence that it shows up when it's not there. And just as, as an aside, watching the Browns game, it was so weird to see a guy named Joe Thomas hitting the Browns quarterback. (laughs) One thing I have to say though, Chris, and I think that something that has stayed true in the NFL since its inception that still works now is if you can run the ball effectively, your offense is going to move smoothly. It is one of the few things that has always worked. It's a reason why a team like the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers have a run-centric offense despite being in a modern era when teams are passing the ball way more than they used to. If you can still beat a team on the ground, you can effectively put up more yardage and also set up a lot of great things with your offense like play action, like being able to throw the ball more because they're so desperate to stack the box. That's what we're seeing right now with this Dallas Cowboys defense. They're not effectively stopping the run, leading to a lot of other trickle-down issues. Because their secondary is so young also, and you've got guys like Trevon Diggs, who frankly is just not a very good corner, starting for them on the outside, having to go against guys like DK Metcalf, they are just a, a, a giant mess on the back end. They can't stop the run, and then on top of that, when teams like the Browns, who are very play-action heavy, try to set up some things with their running game, they get completely gashed and killed. Yeah, I I did notice that, with especially against the Browns, but also the Seahawks. When the Cowboys bite on play-action, they bite hard, and everybody gets out of position, and that really does open up a ton for the offense. That's something I think the Giants should take note of, should keep in mind. In talking before we started recording, we kind of hit on the idea that maybe this defense wasn't built to just stop opposing offenses cold and play in close games. It could be that this defense is built such as it is. You know, I don't think they really intended to have a an undermanned poor secondary, but you know, that's kind of what they have. Most of their talent is in the pass rush. So kind of like the Indianapolis Colts back in the day, they're built to play with a lead. They just haven't had one yet. So the defense hasn't been able to play its game. Maybe this defense's greatest strength is their offense. That's honestly a very fair point. This defense is not really built to handle facing off against the run. They have a lot of really good pass rushers like Alden Smith and Demarcus Lawrence. And also, Everson Griffin's not really known for being a pass rusher, but he's still a good defensive end. Those guys aren't really playing to their strengths because they're constantly trying to defend teams that run the ball very, very well. And the Giants' approach this week needs to be more of a commitment to running the ball. It's the one thing that they haven't done very well of. They have not committed to running the ball and getting more rushing attempts And then also building on those rushing attempts by calling some more play action. Chris, I don't know about you, but it feels like they're just not calling a lot of play action plays. Something we we talked about a little bit in the roundtable that the offensive play calling for Jason Garrett is a bit vanilla right now. Adding some, some play action in this game is the time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just from the Giants perspective, the one thing they can't allow the Cowboys to do is to sprint out to a lead because the Giants offense has enough problems scoring as it is. They're going to have it double tough if this defense is basically allowed to start pinning its ears back and 
you know, putting Demarcus Lawrence and Alden Smith on Cam Fleming and Andrew Thomas and, you know, being able to actually play with a lead for once. Yeah. That could make things very difficult on the Giants. That's a very good point that you bring up. This is not a game that they can play from behind. Allowing the Cowboys to build a lead for the first time this year could completely take the Giants out of this game and in contention to win it. They need to stay close. They need to keep pressing. They need to be aggressive, more aggressive than they've been so already because like everything we've we've laid out here for you today, they're very good on offense. They can on with throwing the ball. They can stretch the field. They can pick up huge yardage. And then if they have some type of a lead, they can maintain it by using their pass rushers to their advantage. But right now, they are not built to climb back into games if they're down by a couple touchdowns. No, not at all. And it really hasn't helped the Cowboys that they have played teams like the Rams or the Seahawks or the Browns, all of whom have either very well-schemed or very talented offenses. That's going to be it for this preview show of the Chris and Joe show. Thank you for tuning in, folks. As always, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. You can follow Big Blue View at Big Blue View uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And also head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.